Good evening, everybody. Welcome to an episode of Living Light Outdoors on the mic from the recliner. Yep, been a long day, been a hot day. We are um, currently in a restful position. Wasn't real sure what I wanted to do tonight. I was telling Rhonda earlier today that uh, I've got several messages that God has poured into me during some time I took off last week and uh, got a lot of them written up and stacked up in there that I'll use at some point. But I told her that today I was just feeling something different and um, got home and, and got kind of quiet and just got before the Lord a little bit and, and, he, and he began to pour some things into me. So I did a little did a little research. I want to share with you tonight, and, and I've shared on this subject before, um, it just seems as if it's a subject that needs continual, uh, continual care. I think for all of us, I think we all can get caught in this if we're not careful. Uh, we can we can take the bait, if you will. So I want to, I, I titled this tonight, Be on the Offense. Be on the offense. Don't pick up the offense. That's one of them good old American words that spelled the same but has two completely different meanings, right? I, I love that stuff. I mean, it's crazy because when you see it spelled out, it looks exactly the same. But there's such an incredible difference of being on the offense, in other words, offense, being on the offense, like a football offense, being on the, you know, the offensive side versus picking up an offense. And maybe that's the best way to do it is pronounce it or enunciate it correctly, offense and offense. I don't want to be on the offense. Uh, most offenses around here are barbed wire, and they'll poke you, and they'll cut you, and I bleed. So think about that for a minute. Be on the offense. Don't pick up the offense. Let me share some scripture with you. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, in the Amplified Version, says this. When there are many words, transgressions and offenses are unavoidable. But he who controls his lips and keeps thoughtful silence is wise. That's some really good word. Some of these are rock refrigerator prayers. Uh, you know, there, there's all kinds of words and transgressions and offenses available to us. Some of those are unavoidable. But, but to the one who controls his lips and keeps thoughtful silence is wise. Oftentimes it's much wiser to keep your mouth shut than let what's on your mind come out. That gets me in a lot of trouble at times. How about this? Proverbs chapter 17 verse 9 says, He who covers and forgives an offense seeks love, but he who repeats or gossips about a matter separates intimate friends. Boy, that's powerful. Someone who covers or covers over or forgives an offense, they seek love. But those who repeat the gossip, those who mouth off all the bad things about somebody, about a matter or, or whatever's being said, or we tell tales, right? That separates intimate friends. Boy, have we seen this happen, right? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 11. Good sense and discretion make a man slow to anger, and it is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without seeking revenge and harboring resentment. Man, th these are good. These are powerful. Good sense, common sense, good sense and discretion make a man very slow to anger. 
Like, like, and it and it is with honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without seeking revenge or harboring resentment. We don't need to get even with someone, even when maybe we've become offended at something. Let it go. I love this. Ecclesiastes. Don't go here very often, but Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 18 through 22. It says, It is good that you take hold of one thing, righteousness, and also not let go of the other, wisdom. For the one who fears and worships God with all filled reverence will come forth and both of them, or with both of them. So if, if, if you... If you worship God with all filled reverence, you'll come out of that with righteousness, a right standing with God, and with wisdom. Verse 19 goes on to say, Wisdom strengthens the wise more than ten rulers who are in a city. Verse 20 goes on to say, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who always does good and never sins. Hmm, that's an interesting verse. 21 says, also, do not take seriously everything that is said, so that you will not hear your servant cursing you. Ouch. For you also know that you too have cursed others many times. Wow. What an incredible passage of scripture. Let me read that again. This is Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 18 through 22. It's, it, is, it is good that you take hold of one thing, righteousness. And also, not let go of the other, being wisdom. For the one who fears and worships God with all field reverence will come forth with both of them. Wisdom strengthens the wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who always does good and who never sins. Also, do not take seriously everything that is said, so that you will not hear your servant cursing you. For you also know that you too have cursed others many times. Wisdom and prudence will save you some headaches, freeing you to rest, forgive, and even adopt a healthy perspective on life. Ten rulers in a city have a lot of strength. They have a diversity of skills, access to advisors, presumably the protection of an army, and, and in the ancient world, they probably had fortified walls. Yet they are less strengthened than the wise man who carries wisdom with him. Very interesting thing. In, in what way would they be less strengthened than a wise man carrying wisdom? King Solomon explains in this next verse, beginning with indeed. Verse 20 says, Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who always does good and who never sins. The word indeed is an interesting translation or transitional word. It is the Hebrew word kai, K-I-Y, which means because or as a result or even except. So indeed can be because or as a result of or except. So verse 20 is connected to verse 19 is in a cause and effect relationship. Wisdom strengthens a, man, a wise man more than ten rulers because he understands that there is no one who is perfectly righteous. So a wise man gets the fact that no one's perfect. Now, no one is without sin. No one, can, just like Jesus said, you that are without sin, throw the first rock. 
It takes wisdom to know this. Knowing that people are fallible strengthens a wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. But, but how does that knowledge strengthen us? How can this particular knowledge strengthen anyone? The following verse provides a little insight. Verse 21 says, Also do not take seriously everything that is said, so that you will not hear your servant cursing you. For you also know that you too have cursed others many times. See, it allows the wise men to relax, to, to not take criticism too seriously, to give people some slack, to see things through the eyes of others, to make allowances for the weakness of others. Many disputes, even wars begin because someone felt slighted or maybe offended and partly retaliated. With the wisdom of recognizing that we all say things we shouldn't say, we can let criticism roll off our back. The wise man who understands people's weaknesses won't take seriously all words which are spoken. Everyone occasionally says things from a reactionary posture. We, we all react in ways that oftentimes cause us grief. <laughs> I, I do, especially. Solomon might have a personal experience in mind. He says not to take seriously all the words which are spoken so that you will not hear your servant curse you. Well, maybe Solomon had to deal with an instance where he heard one of his servants cursing him. And he reasoned that he himself likewise has many times cursed others. See, we take people's words, people say things and we hear these things and we oftentimes become very critical of those things when... In the same term, we've done exactly the same thing, only in another sense, maybe in another context. We, we, we judge others and we become offended by something someone says, even though we ourselves are very guilty of the very same thing. The servant might be cursing his master because he's showing off. You know, people spout stuff off in front of others just to make themselves look good. It might just be a way of blowing off some steam. You ever been angry and popped something off that you might not normally have said? Or maybe you've gone and said something to your spouse or to a friend because you were angry about something? But in all terms, all you're doing is letting off some steam. So now with, with a more sensible feature, you're not, you're not seriously considering what you've just said. He might even have meant it but has no way to do anything about it. He might have been angry at his master. He might have been angry at King Solomon. And he might have blowed off something. He might have said something because he didn't have any other way to do anything about it. So why let it bother you? It, it appears that the wisdom to avoid taking offense is the strength that is greater than the resources available to ten rulers. So, so just having the wisdom to avoid being offended is is more strength than, than 10 rulers of a city. Taking offense is not the root, or taking offense is the root of many great dangers. We, we've seen this. We, we've seen getting offended can be the very root of destruction. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2 says that we're to bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. One of the burdens to be born is to avoid taking offense at the words of others. They're just words. 
why would we take these things to heart? Why would we allow them to rule over us? Should we not rule over those things that come against us? The best bait Satan has to tear apart a follower of Christ is to dangle the offense in front of us. Don't take the bait. If he can get us to take the bait and become offended, it'll eat away at us like a disease. Let me ask you a question. If I say something or you hear I've said something that offends you, who's bothered by it? Me or you? Well, you are. And then you get even more offended because it appears that it doesn't bother me at all. Well, it could be that I have no idea that I've even offended you. Have you ever thought about that? When you've become offended because maybe you've heard that somebody said something about you or maybe you overheard somebody saying something about you and then it just begins to eat on you. And if you hold on to that, it'll just, it'll absolutely rip you apart. You'll become so angry and so disgruntled and your mind won't be on anything else but how to get even about somebody offending you. But the problem is that person may not have any idea that what they said bothered you at all, and it's certainly not bothering them because it may have been taken out of context. You may not have heard it correctly. You, you may not have even understood what was being said. They could have been complimenting you and you took it the wrong way, and now you're totally destroyed because you took offense to something somebody simply said about you. Remember that sticks and stones will break our bones, but words will never hurt us? Words hurt us. We, we know that now. We know that old nursery rhyme was a false thing. Words do cause great damage. But ultimately, we need to come to an understanding of how to control our feelings about words that have been spoken about us. If the enemy can gain access to your mind, he can and will destroy us in an instant. If he can get us offended... If he can get our mind on things of being critical to other people, being offended over something, it will destroy us and can very, very quickly. Many offended people have left ministries, ruined friendships, and they've led others astray all because they took the bait. Think about that for a minute. Do not let Satan have that much control over you. Take up an offensive position lead others instead of being hooked by becoming offended man i pray that this does something for somebody i i know like i said god just really burdened me with this today so easily so easily can we be offended at things especially within the realm of ministry i don't understand why it's that easy we it shouldn't be we as followers of christ we should be stronger than this but we allow our human nature to overtake us and we become easily offended. There's so many scriptures about not being easily offended. It's all throughout the word. Why? Because God certainly knew that that was a bait that Satan would dangle in front of us. And it would be a weapon he could use against the church. Use against the body of Christ to dis, dis, literally dismantle it. To cut off limbs and pieces. Don't take the bait. John Bevere. A great writer. I love reading John Bevere's books. I've read many of them. John Bevere actually has a book on the market that you can buy. You can buy it on Amazon. You can buy it all kinds of places that is called The Bait of Satan. 
It is a great book. I would encourage you to read that book. I'd encourage you to do a Bible study with your church on that book, The Bait of Satan. And it will open the eyes of all who have been offended or possibly will be offended shortly because of something somebody says. If you're offended, you have picked up the bait and now you are subject to Satan's rule. Do not let that happen any longer. If you are right now offended with something that somebody has said within a ministry, within a work that you are a part of, with just even friendships or relationships, go to that person and ask them to clarify what was said. Let them know, hey, man, I, I heard something. It's bothering me. I, I need to clear the air here. If they mean it, if they were if they were really being cruel and they don't like you, or well, at least you know that, and now you know how to deal with that. You can handle that however you see fit. But what I'm telling you today is don't walk around offended over something that you don't even know is truth. Find the bottom of it. Find the truth. Clear the air. The person that you're offended with may have no idea that they've done something to disgruntle you. Clear that air before it destroys you or before it destroys a work of God that, that takes away from the time of, 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 crea of, of literally advancing his kingdom on this earth. I've seen it happen time and time again within churches, within, within resource ministries, all kinds of things. Find the way to, to let go of offense. Reconcile. Find a way to forgive. Don't let this stuff be a burden and baggage that you carry around with you every day. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to these podcasts. We love you. Rhonda and I are praying for our listener base. Thank you for praying for us. We, we fight these fights every day ourselves. We're not immune to any of this. Uh, and that's partly why the messages I preach come across the way they do, because they're very personal to me. Uh, so, so know that, that I, don't, I don't hold myself above anybody. I, I'm right here in the, in the trenches with you. We're fighting this thing out. We're praying for you. Please continue to pray for us. If you can support us financially, you can find all of the giving links on our website, www.livingloudoutdoors.com. It's there pinned to the top of our Facebook page and our story about the ministry. Support us if you can. Pray for us, please. Walk with us. Partner with us in this journey of life as we progress, seeking out that which is lost so that it may be found. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll talk to you again real soon.